Brilliant. Good to hear plenty of energy in the room. Let me, um, let me start by praying for us as we get God's word open um, and for the children as they've headed out to their rooms. Um, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that your word is living, that your word is active, um, and that it speaks to us today and it speaks too to the little children as they go and do their thing. Um, Lord, we pray for them. We pray that they would grow up to know and love Jesus. And we pray for ourselves as we look at what Jesus teaches us in this passage. Lord, would you transform our hearts? In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so today, as Tom um, has trailed nicely, we are going to be looking at Matthew chapter 6, um, verses 19 to 24, which is all about giving well, all about storing up our treasures in heaven. Um, So let me read Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin don't destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. And if the light then within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, Or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Well, there's plenty to dig into here. And it is going to be a challenging passage. I feel like we're saying this every week. As we're going through the Sermon on the Mount, exploring what Jesus has to teach us. He's got plenty to say to challenge us, hasn't he? Um, But I've been challenged this week by a phrase it's a, it's a strange phrase that we have in the English language. And it says, you cannot both have your cake and eat it too. Right? You can't both have your cake and eat it too. And, and I find that's a challenging phrase because I know that if I have cake, there's only one thing that I'm doing with it. And I'm not looking at it. I'm eating it. Right? So, but anyway, this phrase, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. It's a strange phrase that we've got in the English language. But what it means right, is sometimes there are two things that we want. But we can't have them both. Right? We have, there are two things that work against each other. So, so maybe we want to live in Zone 1 Central London and we want to have a garden. Right? Well, sorry, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Okay, maybe we really, really want to eat healthily and, and feel good about ourselves, but I also really, really want chocolate. Well, sorry, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Or without getting too political, um, maybe you really want public services to improve, but you don't want to pay any tax. Well, sorry, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. Do you get it? Sometimes there are two things, and they just don't work together. And here in this passage, Jesus talks about two treasures. The treasures that we can find on earth, and the treasures that are stored for us in heaven. And Jesus says that these two treasures are so different that they just cannot work together. Okay, these treasures are so big that they will pull your heart, they will lead your heart, they will fill your vision, 
They will demand your service. And so look at what Jesus says right at the end of the passage. Verse 24, you cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot serve both God and money. Treasures on earth and treasures in heaven are so different that we can't have them both. And so Jesus compels us. He, He commands us even to store up our treasures in heaven and not our treasures on earth. We are to store up our treasures in heaven. So what does this mean? What does it mean to store up our treasures in heaven? Well, first of all, it means choosing the greater treasure. Choosing the greater treasure. Look at how Jesus describes these two treasures. Treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. And treasures in heaven where moths and vermin don't destroy, where thieves don't break in and steal. One of them lasts forever and one of them will be destroyed. And on the surface level, that's quite an easy choice, right? One of them is clearly greater than the other. If you walk into Lidl and there's two bananas on the shelf, and one of them is brown and moldy, and one of them is beautiful and ripe, You choose the greater banana. You choose the ripe banana, the one that will last, not the one that's just going to get destroyed and go in the bin. On the one hand, this is quite straightforward. You choose the greater treasure. But to really understand how much greater, to really understand the difference between these treasures, we need to zoom out a bit. We need to think about these treasures to understand In order to understand these treasures, we need to zoom out to eternity. And we need to think about these things in an eternal perspective. Now, fortunately, we're going to cover all of eternity in the next five minutes. Now, fortunately, eternity has four chapters, if you didn't know. Okay? So, chapter one of eternity is eternity past. Okay? Before creation, God, Father, Son, and Spirit, the Trinity, living in perfect community, loving one another. For eternity past. That's chapter one. Easy. Chapter two. God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth. And they were perfectly united. God, Trinity, dwelt with man on earth in perfect unity. And the treasures on heaven and the treasures on earth were one. They were the same thing. And then chapter 3, there was this great separation. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, Jonty had some yellow and red hoops and he was doing a very similar thing. There was this great separation where men, Adam and Eve, said, I don't want to be part of the kingdom of heaven. I want to build my own kingdom. I want the kingdom of earth. I want my own stuff over here. And so the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth were separated And there were two things that became characteristic in the kingdom of heaven. Two things. Those things were sin and death. Sin and decay. Because Adam and Eve decided to turn their back on God, sin entered the world. The choices of humans to put themselves first entered the world. And as a result, creation was cursed and death and decay entered the earth. And so there is decay that means that our treasure is destroyed by moss and vermin. And there is sin that means that thieves break in and steal. And so if we've got an iPhone or a bike, it gets stolen and it gets broken. 
Or if we've got money, the cost of living crisis comes in and it just seems to disappear. Or we buy a house and then we find that there's mold in it. Or if you've ever been to, has anyone been to one of the old archaeological sites in Greece? You go to these archaeological sites, you go to visit these amazing temples. Once upon a time, they were the centerpiece of their community. Pictures of wealth, glorious in their ornate decoration. Places where people would come and they would worship their gods and they, would, they were rich and they were covered in gold. But what do we call them today? Ruins. Once upon a time, they were the treasures on earth. And today they are ruins because in the kingdom of earth, our treasures get destroyed and they get stolen by death and sin. That's chapter three. And then in chapter four, there is a better kingdom with a greater treasure. Revelation 21 helps us understand this a little bit. You see, Revelation 21 speaks of a day when that heaven, the kingdom of heaven and kingdom of earth that we live in today, that passes away and there is a new heaven and there is a new earth. And in Revelation 21 verse 3, this is what God says. This is a vision. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. He will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death. There will be no more mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. The order of creation, the order of the kingdom of earth, where things that are created become broken, become old, become dead. That order of things has passed away. That's not how things work anymore. There is a new order. There is a better kingdom with a greater treasure. And in this treasure, there is no sin. Thieves do not break in and steal. There is no decay. Moths and vermin do not destroy And we see the treasures of the kingdom of heaven. God saying, I will be your God and you will be my children. In verse 7 of the same passage, for verse 6 of the same passage, to the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. The water of life overflowing, pouring out to people. Eternal life offered without cost. The price has been paid. This is the treasure of the kingdom of heaven for God and his people to have a perfect relationship to dwell with one another perfectly once again for the water of life to be flowing for people to be able to drink at the fountain of the water of life and live for eternity that is the treasure of heaven so we've got four chapters of eternity Chapter 3 is where there is this separation. Chapter 4 is where there is this perfect unity. And so today, what does this mean for us today? When Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, how can we get that? How can we get the treasure of heaven to know God perfectly, to drink from the fountain of life? Well, if you're not a Christian, these are the words we need to hear. Okay, listen up. If you've never heard of Jesus before, 
listen to these words. Because 2,000 years ago, at Christmas time, the kingdom of heaven invaded the kingdom of earth. Jesus came to walk on earth. Jesus, who, was, who is God, he was seated at the right hand of his Father, equal to God, enjoying the treasures in heaven for eternity. And yet he did not consider his position, his equality with God, something to be used for himself. So he came down to earth and took on flesh, became a man, and he lived on this earth. And he lived and he walked and he talked and he laughed and he joked and he prayed and he cried and he obeyed his father. And he obeyed his father perfectly to the point that he went to death, to death on a cross, where he died the death that we all deserve. So that if we go to Jesus, he says, here is your treasure. You can know God perfectly. Through me, you can know your father perfectly. And then he says to the thirsty, I am the living water. Come and drink from me. You see, so we have a choice because of Jesus. We can choose to go to Jesus and receive treasures in heaven. Or we can choose to live on earth and build up our treasures on earth. You see, because of Jesus, we can choose the greater treasure. Jesus offers us eternal life. He offers us the ability to look into our Father's face and know God for eternity. And so what does it look like to make this choice? It means to trust Jesus. It means to love Jesus. To think of him, to pray to him, to speak of him, to worship him. And if we love Jesus, we are storing up for ourselves treasures in heaven. We'll get very practical at the end of the sermon around practically what that can look like. But we have the choice now to choose the greater treasure. Jesus in this, as he's teaching um, when he's walking around and he's, he's doing these sermons, he also teaches us what not to do. Right? And he tells a story um, it, that you can read in Luke chapter 12. And so when we ask ourselves, well, well, if one thing is to choose Jesus, what are, we, what are we not to do? What does it look like to, to store up our treasures on earth? Well, in Luke ta- chapter 12, Jesus tells a parable about a man who has a barn. Right? He has a barn and he goes and, and harvests all this wheat And he loads up his barn, puts all his stuff away. And then the barn gets full. And so what does the man do? He tears down the barn and builds a bigger barn and loads up this bigger barn. And he keeps putting more and more stuff in it until one day he says, I have got enough for myself for the rest of my life. I am going to eat and drink and be merry. And God says to this man, you fool, you foolish man, you've stored up your treasures on on earth. But you are not rich towards God. And one day your life will be demanded of you. And then what's going to happen to all that stuff? What's going to happen to your big barns full of your wealth? It's going to fade away. And so what does it look like to store up our treasures on earth? It means gathering stuff for ourselves. It means being blind to the needs of people around us and thinking, I want more. I want more. I want all the stuff that I can have. And Jesus says, don't do that. Don't gather up stuff for yourselves. Instead, choose the greater treasure. Choose treasures in heaven. This doesn't, mean, it's, this doesn't mean we can't have money, right? It doesn't mean that money is a bad thing. Money is a good thing. 
But money is a good thing so far as we use it to store up our treasures in heaven. How can we use our money to show Jesus to the world? Where might we invest it? Where might we give it so that other people can see Jesus and we might know Jesus more richly? It doesn't mean we can't own a house. We can own a house. But let's not own houses so that we can show them off and make ourselves look great. Let's own our houses so we can be hospitable and we can make people see that Jesus is great. And it might be, and I'm sure this is the case for many, that you're sitting here thinking, well, I don't have any treasures on earth. There's nothing. I wish I could have some treasure. I wish I could have some money or, or even dream of buying a house or even dream of being able to afford my rent every month without having to skip socializing or whatever. I'm sure there are many people in this room for whom treasure on earth is, is not something you can relate to. Uh, let me pray for us uh, to bring us back to settle down and to carry on listening to what God has to say to us this afternoon. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are good. We thank you that you speak to us. Uh, we thank you that we're safe and that that was um, an incident and it's something that we can talk about in the future. Um, we pray now that you'd help us um, hear what you've got to say to us in the rest of this passage. In Jesus' name, amen. It's a bit like those, um, on, you know how on Netflix, at, right at the end of the, docu- the show, um, it always like, leaves you on a cliffhanger, so you have to click, like, next episode now. Um, well, that's where you just were, so let's wind back. <laughs> um, next episode now. So, where we were, we're thinking about treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. Okay, and Jesus is compelling us to store up our treasures in heaven, and he sets out these two treasures, and we're to choose the greater treasure, the treasure that is offered to us by Jesus, the chance to know God perfectly and to drink endlessly from the fount of living water. And this, this is a treasure that we can choose. And where we, where we were just getting to as we got disrupted there, and we're thinking about what this means in different situations. And there are some of us here, I'm aware that there are some of us here for whom treasures on earth are something that we long for because we struggle with money. Maybe we don't have secure housing. Maybe we don't have, maybe we struggle to get food week by week. Maybe we struggle to socialize in the ways we want to. Maybe we struggle to do all sorts of things. And so to those of us, God says, store up your treasures in heaven. There is a greater treasure. And sometimes we might need to be pointed towards that treasure because we're distracted by the treasures on earth. And sometimes we might just need the hope of heaven because there's nothing for us on this earth. And so wherever we're at, whether we've got much or little, we can choose the greater treasure. And to choose the greater treasure means to love and look to Jesus. Now, choosing the greater treasure, as we saw at the beginning, it's all-encompassing. And so we're going to spend the rest, we'll get through the final bit in a, in a relatively quickly. But the rest of it, look through these passages, and we see that choosing treasure in heaven impacts all of our lives. Because it, our treasure will lead our hearts, our treasure will fill our vision, and our treasure will demand our service. So first of all, let's think about our treasure leading our hearts. Look back with me at the passage. So we've read verse 19 and 20. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Our treasure will lead our hearts. Now, one of the great myths that this world tells us, or one of the great things that we're told, is that we should follow our hearts. We should find what we love, and we should pursue it to the end. And if that means making sacrifices, if that means cutting people out of your life, then cut them out of your life. If that means going after something that isn't quite right, then go after it. Because we've got to follow our hearts. That's what the world tells us, right? But you see how Jesus flips it on his head. Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Because our treasure leads our hearts. So we can choose to store up our treasures in heaven. And if we choose to store up our treasures in heaven, our heart will follow our treasure to heaven and we will bind our hearts to the day when one day we get to see Jesus face to face. Or we can choose to store up our treasures on earth. And we can choose to gather things for ourselves. And our heart will follow our treasure to earth and it will stay on earth. That quote that Tom read out earlier, I didn't have this as part of my sermon, but that quote that Tom read out earlier is so apt, isn't it? The economy may fail, you may become dependent on the money you've held on to, and your heart will stay on earth with your money instead of following it to heaven. Our treasure leads our heart. And for some of us, this is an encouragement, right? Because sometimes it's not easy to love God. We feel low. We feel sad. Life is hard. We feel the moths and vermin destroying our world. We feel the sin of this world as thieves break in and steal our treasure. And we feel the lowness of it. And to those people, if you're feeling that low today, Jesus says, store up your treasures in heaven and there your heart will be. If we continue to persevere faithfully looking to Jesus, he will grip your heart. He will, you will start to enjoy him. You will start to, your desires and your affections will start to be oriented towards Jesus. And if that, if that suffering and the difficulties persevere through this whole life, if it's not before you die, it will be when we get to heaven and we look to Jesus face to face, our hearts will follow our treasure to see Jesus one day face to face in glory. So there's an encouragement. If life is hard, store up your treasures in heaven and your heart will follow. And to some of us, it's a warning. Because if we're storing up our treasures on earth, our heart will follow. If we are longing for and clinging to things that this world has to give us, that is where our heart will stay. Our heart will stay on earth. We will love the things of this earth so much that there will come a day when we will have the chance to see Jesus' face and we'll turn away and we will say, no, I want my stuff. Store up your treasures in heaven, for where your treasure is, your heart will be also. That's an encouragement, and it's a warning. Jesus tells a story in Matthew 19 of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler is a, is a young man, he's rich. He comes up to Jesus and he says, Jesus, what have I got to do to get to heaven? What have I got to do? And Jesus says, you've got to follow the commandments. You've got to love the Lord your God and you've got to love your neighbors yourself. And he says, tick. 
Tick, yep, I do that. Great, what else have I got to do? Um, and Jesus says, oh, you've got to, you've got to, um, you shall not commit murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. And he says, great, all these things I have done, what still do I lack? And Jesus says, if you want to be perfect, go, sell your positions, give to the poor, then you will have treasure in heaven. And you can follow me. And this is what Jesus, this is what um, Matthew's gospel says in 19 verse 22. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. There he was standing in front of Jesus. Jesus, what have I got to do? I've done everything you've asked of me. Jesus says, give up your treasures on earth and you can follow me. And this man's heart, instead of turning to Jesus and saying, yes, Lord, I love you. He went away sad and he went and he looked to his fields and he looked to his wealth and he lived with that. Store up our treasures in heaven. Choose the greatest treasure because our treasure leads our hearts. And our treasure also fills our vision. Look at the next little chunk, verse 22 of chapter 6. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now, I think this, one, this little section can be a bit confusing, but our treasure will fill our vision. So this is not just a question of our hearts and our desires and, and what we love. This is a question of everything that is practical. It's a question of our whole bodies. And the metaphor that Jesus is using is he's saying our eyes are the thing that let everything in, right? We can see clearly and the eyes let light into the body. You see, your whole body will be filled with light. So everything we do is dependent on where we are looking and what we can see. That's what Jesus is saying. Now, clearly this is metaphorical, right? But everything we do is dependent on where we can see. It's why when we talk about companies or organizations having a vision, we say you've got to have a vision so that you can see where you're going and then you make good choices and you stay on track. Because if you can't see, what's going to happen? You're prone to going the wrong way or you're prone to stumbling. You're prone to making bad decisions and falling down. And what Jesus is saying is if your eyes are healthy, now, the word that they've used for healthy also means generous. So if your eyes are seeking to give and seeking to look at opportunities for the world, then your whole body will be filled with light and you will make great decisions and you will be on track to follow Jesus to heaven. But if your eyes are unhealthy, stingy, looking for opportunities to build your own kingdom, looking for opportunities to build your own treasure then you're walking in the darkness. Your body will be full of darkness. We don't know which way to go. We stumble, we fall, and we fall away from Jesus. You see, we store up our treasures in heaven because our treasure will fill our vision. And we want to have a vision that is focused on one day being with Christ. And that's the choice that we have. So we store up our treasure in heaven. We choose the greater treasure because our treasure leads our heart. Our treasure fills our vision. And then finally, our treasure demands our service. Our treasure demands our service. Verse 24, no one can serve two masters. You'll either hate one and love the other or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. 
Another one of the lies this world tells us, it tells us, first of all, to follow our hearts, but it also tells us that if you have great wealth, you have great power and you are in control. And if you can gather up all of your possessions, you can use those possessions to build your kingdom and they will serve you as you seek to exercise your will in the world. And Jesus flips that on his head, doesn't he? Jesus says, if you store your treasures up on earth, you will be a slave to your money. Your money will become your master. And we can see this in the world, can't we? And my parents once had, or still do, have some family friends who are really, really wealthy. Um, really wealthy. And it was always a thing around Christmas time, this time of year, you'd see the rich list come out, right? I don't know if that's still a thing. Um, but you'd see the rich list come out, and it would basically rank the richest people in the country. And they were always there or thereabouts, right? We would see their names in this list. And that was quite an exciting thing. Um, and I look at these people's lives, and, and there are all sorts of choices that they've made that make you wonder who's in charge. So they registered as residents in Guernsey while they lived in the UK so that they could pay minimal tax. And that means that they have to spend, they're only allowed to spend 30 nights a year in the UK. So you go around for dinner at their house and then they get in their helicopter to go back to Guernsey where they spend the night so that they don't have to pay tax in England. And they're often traveling for business so they don't spend time with their family. And there's all sorts of things that are built in and they're wonderful people. They're great to spend time with but their money is dictating where they spend their time. Their money is dictating who they can spend their time with, how much time they spend as their family, where they go to bed at night. Who's serving who? They're serving their money. Their money is their master. And that's, a, that's an extreme example, right? But we can see it in our own lives as well. Right? When, there's a, when we're tight on money or when there's a difficult situation or we're saving for something, we might make all sorts of choices that drive towards that thing. It might mean that we don't treat our family and friends as well because we decide not to give our time or our energy to them because we're looking to save for a house, potentially. Our money can become our master. And Jesus says no one can serve two masters. So you've got a choice. We can either serve money or we can serve God. And these two masters could not be more different, right? So we've seen money as a master is a demanding master. It will take and it will take. It will take your time and it will take your emotions and it will take your relationships. And it will take and it will take and it will take. And it's got one word for you. And it will say to you, it will say, you're not enough. Because as soon as you have more money, you look around and there's someone else out there who's got more. And it will continue to take from you. And it will take and it will take and it will take. And then it will carry on saying to you, you're not enough. But there is another master. There's another master. There's God. And God is the master who gives. And he gives and he gives and he gives his one and only son. He loves you so much that he gives his one and only son. So that whoever believes in him can have eternal life. And he gives and he gives. And he gives joy where there is despair. And he gives hope where there is hopelessness. And he gives freedom where there is slavery. And he gives and he gives. And he's got a word for you. And he says, you are enough. Come as you are. You don't bring anything. And so you serve him. 
And there's two masters. There's one that will take and tell you you're not enough. And there's one that will give to eternity and tell you that you are just, you're perfect as you are, as long as you are in Jesus Christ. And we can choose. Which master will we serve? And the master that we serve will be shaped by where we place our treasures. And so Jesus tells us to choose the greater treasure, to store up our treasures in heaven, so that we are obedient to God, our Father. So that we can rejoice serving a master who gives abundantly and tells you that you're enough. So we choose the greater treasure because our treasure leads our hearts, our treasure fills our vision, and our treasure demands our service. So to finish, just to wrap this up, what does this look like? What does it really look like practically? What does it mean to store up our treasures in heaven? We've talked about looking to Jesus, loving Jesus, praying, worshipping Jesus. That is all true. That is all true. We've got three more practical things. And if you've been around for the last three weeks, you won't be surprised to hear these things. The first is giving to the needy. One way that we can store up our treasures in heaven is by giving our stuff away to people who need it more than us. Literally taking the treasures that we have on earth and giving it away. We've just heard the story of the, of the um, rich young ruler. These are the words of Jesus. Go and sell all your stuff, give it to the needy, and then you will have treasures in heaven. So one way we can store up our treasures in heaven is by giving away the things that we have. I wonder if we might be considering this Christmas, what have we received and who might need that? Who can we give it to? Now the second way that we can store up our treasures in heaven is by praying. By praying the way that Jesus taught us to pray. We've prayed it already today. Emma led us in the Lord's Prayer. Look at um, chapter 6 verse 9. These are the words that we pray. Our Father in heaven. I'm storing up my treasures in heaven because I'm looking to you Lord. My Father, the one who is in heaven. I'm not looking to the people around me. I'm not looking to the world around me for guidance. I'm saying God in heaven. Hallowed be your name. And I want your kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, to come on earth because I value it more than everything that the earth has to offer. I treasure all that is in heaven so much that I want the kingdom to kingdom of heaven to come and I want your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want earth to look like heaven because my treasure is in heaven, not on earth. Do you see how the words of this prayer are a way by which we can store up our treasures in heaven. Lord, give me today my daily bread. I'm not going to store my own stuff up. I'm going to tear down my barns. I'm not going to put a bigger barn up because I'm dependent on you, Lord, my Father that can give me my treasure in heaven. I'm not going to store up treasures on earth for myself. Lord, give me my daily bread. And forgive us our debts because we need you. There is no way that we can make it to heaven. There is no way we can receive the treasures of heaven without our Lord forgiving us. And so the words of this prayer, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven those who have debt against us. Lead us not into temptation. 
but deliver us from the evil one. Those words, the words that Jesus taught us to pray, are a very, very practical way by which we can store up our treasures in heaven. No, guesses for, no prizes for guessing what the third practical way we might store up our treasures in heaven are. We can fast. It's a practical thing we can do. We can forego the treasures on earth and say, God, your treasure, the treasure in heaven is so much better. You have so much more to give me. Yes, I need food. I need food, but I need you so much more. My treasure is in heaven, not on earth. There's a reason why this passage comes after Jesus has just taught us how to give, how to pray, and how to fast. And those three very practical ways that we can store up our treasures in heaven. And so to finish, just to land this now, um, it's coming up to Christmas time, right? And there is no more practical time of year where we see the conflict of treasures on earth and treasures in heaven. Christmas time, the time when we celebrate heaven coming to earth, Jesus incarnate, walking on earth. And what do we do? We want presents. We want money. We want food. We want to sing. We want to dance. Jesus has come to earth and we want to store up our treasures on earth. We're here. This is the time of year when we celebrate heaven invading earth. So what are we going to do this Christmas? Where are our treasures going to be? This Christmas? Are we going to treasure Emmanuel, God with us? Or are we going to treasure the stuff that we find under the Christmas tree? It's my prayer that we will store up our treasures in heaven and choose the greater treasure. Let me pray and then we'll sing. Oh, Heavenly Father, we confess that so often uh, we seek to store up treasures on earth. Lord, we find them really attractive. Our hearts are drawn towards things that you can give us. And so often we walk away from you. Um, So, Lord, we long today to store up our treasures in heaven. Lord, we know that you are God. We know that you are good. We know that you are the master who will give and give and give. And we praise you for that. And so, Lord, this Christmas and beyond, as we look to Jesus coming to earth, Lord, we pray that that would be our treasure. Would we cling to him, we pray. Amen.